You're listening to Accented the Podcast. This series is dedicated to listening comprehension. In each episode, you will hear a conversation with someone who has a different accent. By listening to a variety of accents, it will help your understanding in the real world. In today's episode, you will hear the Scottish accent as we will be speaking to James, who is from Glasgow, Scotland. Welcome to the first episode of Accented. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Kimberly Law. For our first episode, I thought I'd feature one of the most loved accents in the world. And even though this accent is well loved, it can be difficult at times to understand what the person is saying. Now that's not only for foreigners, that's also for English speakers. And today's accent is the Scottish accent and I'll be speaking with James. Scotland is a small country with a population of about 5.5 million people. Now, there's not just one Scottish accent, because today I'm speaking to someone who has a Glaswegian accent. So if you have a Glaswegian accent, you are from the city of Glasgow. Now, James mentioned some other Scottish cities in the interview, which are Edinburgh, which is one of the most famous cities from Scotland, and Aberdeenshire. So even though someone might have a Scottish accent, it's not going to be the same accent all over Scotland. And James mentions in the podcast that the further north you go, it's actually quite difficult for himself to understand that accent. Now, some words that James uses in the podcast is he used the word enunciate. Now, enunciate means the way that you pronounce the syllables in a word. So that's what this whole podcast is about. There's not one English accent. There are so many. James mentions the word tone, and that's the sound of the syllable. Now, the tone can be different from any place, anywhere in the world. People have a different tone uh, with the way they speak. Sometimes it's similar, sometimes it's not. I love the word lilt, which is what James said in the podcast. A lilt can refer to your accent. So you may have an Irish lilt or an Australian lilt uh, to the way that you speak. Now, also, going back to tone, I could say a phrase two different ways. So, for example, I could say, you're having a sandwich for lunch. But then I change my tone and turn it into a question. You're having a sandwich for lunch? The tone completely changes the phrase. And that's something important for you to notice when listening to English speakers. Now, English was never the first language in Scotland. What language you spoke depended on where you came from. So if you were from the Highlands, you may have spoken Gaelic which is a language that is spoken in Ireland and also in a province in France called Brittany. So it's a Celtic language. Now, I won't go into the history of Scotland. However, there were various wars with England and there was pressure for the Scots to speak English. Even though the Scots speak English, there are some words that they use when they're speaking that I wouldn't necessarily use in Australian English. 
At times during the interview, James uses the adjective we, which actually means small. So he says, I'll grab a wee coffee, and that's a small coffee. So sometimes you'll hear Scottish people use the word we to mean small. Another word that James mentions is lock. Now, Scotland is known around the world for having such beautiful lakes. And they don't call them lakes, they call them locks. Now, lock is spelt L-O-C-H. One of the most famous locks in the world is Loch Ness. Now, there is a myth about Loch Ness, that there is a Loch Ness monster that lives in the middle of the loch. Before we continue, let me explain what the word myth means. So, myth is an idea that people may have believed, which is actually false. So, the Greeks have a lot of mythological gods that they may have believed in hundreds, thousands of years ago, uh, but now they realize that it's false. So those famous gods were Zeus, and we read about them today. So getting back to the Loch Ness Monster, some people believe they have seen a creature in the loch, and others believe it's a mythical creature. Another Scottish word that James used in the interview is the word glen. Now he talks about the lochs and the glens in Scotland. A glen is another word for a valley. So a valley is a low area of land, usually between mountains and hills. And generally, it has a river or a stream flowing through it. Now I think you're quite familiar with Scottish culture. So let's get on with the show. Okay, so today I am speaking with James from Glasgow, Scotland. He has a very strong Scottish accent. He is a truck driver. He's travelled many places all over the world and he has experienced people not understanding him. How are you, James? I'm good, thank you, Kimberly. Yourself? I'm very good, thank you. What accent do you find the hardest to understand? Um, to be honest, I find other Scottish accents quite hard to, to understand. Um, the further really? north, yeah, really, the further north you go, it's like a whole other language, literally. It's unbelievable. Wow. So the Scottish. So what's the easiest Scottish accent? Um, I would say probably Edinburgh as a as a general one to understand. Um, for me, is quite quite similar, a bit different for Glaswegian. But um, yeah, Central Belt of Scotland is probably as as good as I'm going to get. But that's my local local language, so maybe, probably I just pick it up easier. Okay. So think. what what can you put on a very northern Scottish accent? Uh, <laughs> uh, probably quite badly. But like for example, Aberdeenshire, really massive oil area, uh, a lot of multinational um, corporations, people. But the locals have got a really kind of thick accent. And, for example, for whereabouts, it sounds more like furry boots. Oh, wow. So it's <laughs> when they start going at it, even I stand there and think, what? I have no idea what's going on. And you just nod along gently. Honestly, I've, I mean, I've, I've travelled all over. I've, I've, I've been in various places in the world. And I struggle more in the north of Scotland than what I probably do in different countries <laughs> it's quite bizarre 
Because I suppose maybe when you travel, um, people from other countries tend to tend to obviously learn English as a second language, but their English is pretty good. You do get a, an idea of what they're saying, uh, obviously how they how they enunciate, etc. But when you go to the north of Scotland, it's a whole other planet. <laughs> oh, that's amazing! So, how many accents do you think there are in Scotland? Scotland regionally, um, yeah, there's got to be there's got to be over fifty probably. I, I, obviously, that's not a, a scientific answer, but it, <laughs> it's so generic. It's, it's like we obviously have the people think a Scottish accent, but as I said, people from Edinburgh speak with a, a speak with a different tone and a lilt to what people from Glasgow do to to Inverness to Aberdeen to the islands. The islands are different again, so it's yeah, there's got to be loads and loads. So I'm guessing the most famous Scottish show. Well, American Scottish is Outlander. <laughs> yes. So, what's their Scottish accent like? Have they dumbed it down for us? Um, they don't shoot me down here, but I've not really seen much of Outlander. I must be one of the few in the planet who hasn't. But what I have seen is, yeah, it's quite a. It's not bad. I mean, it's it's. I suppose it's probably Hollywood Scottish. So, have you ever been stuck? Um, and just had to even try to put on a more, uh, a less of an accent. Like even now, when you're talking to me, are you slowing down for me? Are you changing Sub- the way subconsciously? You speak? Yes, I probably am. You do, you do that when you go to the even other English and inverted commas speaking nations like um, Canada and America, even Australia. When I go there, I, I, I consciously feel myself changing how I speak. That's really interesting because I don't think Australians do that. I don't think they slow down or even I know consciously I do that because I'm an English second language teacher and I will change the way I speak, but I don't think Australians do that. And it's interesting that probably, would you say most Scots do that? Um, I would say probably 80% of them. You, you do still get them, even when I'm abroad uh, and you hear them speaking and I think, Wow, it's like you're, you're it's like you're sitting in Glasgow, and you think you can see the waiter or, or the barman thinking, "I've no idea." So tell us a bit about Scotland for people that don't even know. It, well, it's it has everything. It's um, we've got lochs and glens. Um, we're very cosmopolitan in our cities. Um, even the cities are so different. Glasgow was a very industrial city uh, where I'm from. Famous worldwide for engineering, shipbuilding built the great liners, um, really really a hard city, gritty, a gritty city, so to speak, um, a reputation for being really tough. Um, Edinburgh on the, on the east coast, uh, on the same kind of parallel as Glasgow in relation to Scotland, um, we call it the Central Belt. Edinburgh's very touristy. They obviously have a big castle plonked in the middle of the city centre. Um, so they've got that, very much a tourist destination um, and a, a very different city to Glasgow. Um, it's just such a different place. You go 45 minutes from Glasgow, you're at a place called Loch Lomond. So I guess a loch is a lake? Yeah, a loch's a lake, yeah. Or, or, or a lake's a loch, if you want to go that way. <laughs> <laughs> true, that's true. A lake. So what about when you're driving your truck? What do you, what do you like about it? Is it the meeting of new people? Uh, yeah, I do. I do have, people fascinate me. I, I, I'm very much a people watcher. On the days that I'm not working, 
uh, I would sit in a cafe and quite happily watch people, which is what I like doing when I travel. But yeah, when I, I speak to a, a, a variance of people on a daily basis, um, it's great. You get some chat, uh, you have your wee cup of coffee, and then you're on to the next one. You'll meet someone else. You maybe meet someone outside of the place you're going to visit. So people just chat to you. I must just have one of these chattable looking faces, but people come and ask um, also for like travel directions because you're sitting there and obviously you're beside a truck. So people just think that you know everywhere. So let's talk about Scottish food because lots of comedians love to talk about Scottish food. Yes. Uh, what do you think about it, James? Uh the traditional food <laughs> or the bad diet that we've become accustomed to? Uh, because, both. Because, right, Let's okay. Both. Right, it, we'll start with the bad things then, I suppose. Eh? In Glasgow, um, if you speak of a Glasgow salad, for example, it's a bowl of chips, French fries. So, um, yeah, that's what chips are in Glasgow. They're known as a Glasgow salad. Really? So yes. I, I could ask for that and I'll get a bowl of chips. Yeah, yeah, pretty much you would. Yeah, Glasgow salad. So yeah, we're not, we don't have the best diet on the planet, but we do though have some of the, the best food uh, that isn't chips. Uh, we've got some really great restaurants, um, some really great chefs, uh, a lot more Scottish produce, really massive on um, Scotch beef, um, things like that. A lot of really kind of... Oh, Angus beef, is that? Yeah, that yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so Angus beef... Um, Obviously, it can only be called that if it comes from that 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 variety. Uh, it would generally be a staple of a good quality of bit of meat anywhere in the world. Right. So, what about also the deep fried Mars bars, deep fried pizzas? What else? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's um, that, that's another one. That's the deep fried Mars bars, probably um, especially a Glaswegian thing. That's from Glasgow, where I come from. Um, and some chip shop decided it'd be a good idea. Um, people have tried to recreate it at home, forgetting the vital part of you need to freeze the Mars bar first. Oh, do you? Yeah. So what they do is they'll get a normal chocolate Mars bar, they'll batter it in a batter mix, and they'll throw it in the fryer at home. It'll just instantly melt because it's chocolate. <laughs> and it's going into 220 degrees um, centigrade of boiling fat, or boiling oil, sorry. So, yeah, the secret is freeze the Mars bar. So that by the time okay. the batter's cooked, the Mars bar is soft enough to eat. Okay, so if we need to do that. Great. Yes, if, yes, so that's my to... top tip. <laughs> freeze the Mars bar. Good to know. Yeah, freeze the Mars bar, yeah. It's, it's, I've tried it because you have to try it, but it's not up there with um, Michelin star of any quality. Well, thank you so much, James, for chatting to me. And no uh, I know a lot of people would love to listen to the Scottish accent uh, because... Yeah, as I said, it is one of the hardest accents in the world to follow. And thank you for slowing down for us so that we could have this conversation. You're very welcome. I did feel myself getting a little bit quicker when I got excited. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's just what happens, I suppose, isn't it? You start to switch off and become comfortable. But no, thank you. Um, it was really good talking to you. Yeah, it was great to chat to you. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. I've got to say that I love listening to the Scottish accent and I hope you did too. I am a little bit biased because I do have a Scottish connection. My father was born in Glasgow and it is such a beautiful city uh, and country. And James does mention that Glasgow is a gritty 
city. What he means by gritty is that it's it's a hard, tough city. It's tough because it was an industrial city. And as James mentioned, it was a port city where they built a lot of ship liners. A couple of phrases I want to address that were said in the podcast were common English phrases like start going at it. Okay, so start going at it. If somebody's starting to go at it, it it can generally mean that they're arguing or getting really uh, passionate about their discussion and sometimes even fighting. So you may hear a parent say about their two children, oh, they start going at it. So it means that they're arguing, fighting, that sort of thing. Another phrase that James said was, don't shoot me down here. If you think of that phrase quite literally, it's basically saying, don't shoot me. So he's saying it before he's giving his opinion. So maybe he thinks his opinion is a little controversial or he doesn't want to upset the person he's speaking to or upset the audience. So he's saying, don't shoot me down here. And then it's giving a warning as to what he's going to say. So sometimes English speakers will say it if they're worried that their opinion or what they're thinking is going to offend someone or upset someone. Or they may just disagree with what he's saying. I also said to James, did you dumb down speaking with me? Now, dumbing down means to change the way you speak or even if someone is is dumbing down a lesson, they're making it easier for you. So by dumbing down something, it's making it easier. So I asked James if he was dumbing down his spoken language or his accent so that I could understand him, so that it was easy for me to understand him. And that phrase can be used with different things, not just language, uh, with television, watching a TV show, they may dumb it down for the audience. Uh, Something that you read, it may be dumbed down, uh, it's got a lot of big words in it, so they've changed the words so that other people can understand it. James also says inverted commas in the podcast and This is actually really difficult for me to explain. But okay, inverted commas are the apostrophe marks or the quotation marks that we use in grammar. And when you say it, inverted commas, uh, quotation marks, when you say it out loud, you're basically saying that, oh, this is what some people think. Okay, so he said inverted commas. When he said that, he wasn't saying that this was his thoughts. However, it's a collective thought of many people. So that's when you say inverted commas out loud. Now let's end on the Mars bar that was mentioned at the end of the interview. A Mars bar is a famous chocolate bar in Britain and Australia that has a caramel centre And it's quite popular. But in Scotland, uh, we were discussing that they deep fry it. And we use the word batter. Batter is 
like a flowery uh, substance that you put on deep fried fish. And in Scotland, they put batter sometimes on a Mars bar and deep fry it. Thanks for listening to the first episode of Accented, the podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Law. Accented is released on the 15th and 30th of each month. You can also view a transcript of this interview by looking at the show's notes or visit kimslawofenglish.com. Until next time, keep on trucking.